Welcome to Letters from the Road, stories and encouragement from your traveling friends, us, Jamie and Clay Schumacher. Hey, friends. Welcome to episode 29. Today, we are talking about that one time I had virtual drinks with Kevin McCarthy, uh, which is a true story. Something that actually happened. Sometimes I think it isn't a true story because <laughs> it feels very strange. Um, but, but, well... Instead of asking what we were drinking tonight, I will again remind you that we have recently launched Paid on our Substack. That's right. You can pay us if you'd like. It mostly just helps us out. You can also join our Pen Pals Discord. Uh, Thomas has joined us recently, which was hey, awesome. Thomas. We're so glad to have him. If you want us to welcome you on the podcast, please join. It's $5 a month. We couldn't do $4 a month because Substack said that's too low. So. But it's forty dollars for the year, and then additionally, you can do like a higher level if you if you really just really love us so much. We, we love you, you and regardless <laughs> of whether you support us financially, we love you, and we will keep making these one wonderful, wonderful question mark podcasts. And uh, welcome you, welcome you here to our community. But if you uh, if you like, you want a little bit more um, kind of chats, want us to share a few more of our links and what we're reading, what we're up to. That's where you can find us on the Discord, so we'll be there. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. You might uh, uh you might get some special bonus content on there too. We'll just yeah. have to see. Yeah, I think if you have special bonus bonus boners. If you have special bonus. Have some special boners. <laughs> some special boners content. There's please. No special bonus please keep that to yourself. <laughs> but relatedly, what are we drinking tonight, Clay? <laughs> uh we are still in a mana. We are. And we got a growler full of Pants Off Dance Off. We did. <laughs> Which is a beer, to clarify. Yes. Uh, it's a beer from Millstream Brauhaus. Yes. Which is the brewery here in the Amana Colonies. Yeah. And this is a pistachio cream ale. Which sounds disgusting, but it oh, is but somehow so good. fantastic. So, so good. I was like, what? A pistachio cream? Ew, that sounds bad. And it is not bad. It is very, very good. Yeah, it's probably one of my favorite beers yeah. that we've had. And I mean, we had had it when we came here like last summer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's still that good. Yeah, we hung out last summer. We came here and uh, Clay and I went for like a little date night. One of the times we went in that. I don't know, we go like two or three times. <laughs> when we're it's just right down the road. It's right there. And so we went and sat and chatted. Nathan, who's the owner, mm -hmm. proprietor, he like had us trying all kinds of stuff. Uh, they had this like, they don't have it right now, but they had this white stout. Do you remember that? I do. That was so good. It was so good. He had us try a bunch of cool like mixes too. Yeah. Like I remember he, like, he mixed put, them together. Um, oh, yeah. The cherry like, cola with yes! something else. I think yes. it might have been with this cream ale actually. It might have been. That was really good. So good. Yeah. So um, just go late and befriend the owner and try a lot of things. And then you'll find out you might actually really like a pistachio cream ale. For real. But yeah, I mean, like, we're here mm -hmm. for a little while yet. Um, we're already changing our <laughs> plans 
<laughs> for the next month. Who would we be if not right? that? But <laughs> yeah, we are going to enjoy the next few weeks in Iowa in Amana, and uh, actually, part of that this last week was spending a lot of time with family. Yeah, it was. We well, we went to Millstream uh, we with again. family. That's true. And then we went with friends mm-hmm. <laughs> and did. Uh, it was Oktoberfest this last weekend, so we. Uh, it was, the park got very full and uh, there was a shuttle to down main Amana. So if you're, I feel like we keep saying Amana and we've not explained what the Amana colonies are. Oh yeah. Good point. I mean, so, they could look it up, but yeah. Do you want to give a quick? Sure. So the Amana colonies are, I'm going to butcher this. Um, it was like an Amish settlement, but not Amish. Uh, it was German, German mm-hmm. settlers. Uh, who for a long time lived in these communities. There's like, it's all these different um, smaller communities that make up a group that they call the Amana Colonies. Mm-hmm. And um, they had like community kitchens. It was like very communal living in these groups. And it was religious, but not as maybe strict as some. Uh, but it's, they're historic towns um, with a lot of like shops and bakeries and like traditional German food. And it's... um. It's really good. It's fun. Yeah, it's super cute. And uh, yeah, there's a good brewery here. Yeah. (laughs) And also an RV park that is not too far from my parents' place. Yeah, it's really nice. It's a convenient spot to be. And it's pretty close to like where we spent high school years. So Mm -hmm. it's pretty good. That's kind of what the Amanos are. And so they have an Oktoberfest that's pretty big for around here. Uh, It's a lot of fun. So we went on Friday night. Yeah, we saw a cool '90s cover band. We did. They did great, and it was. We drank some Oktoberfest beer, and we ate at Mill (laughs) Millstream again, again, and uh, had a really good time with that. And then Saturday, we went and sweated our asses off at an Iowa football tailgate. Yeah, it was so much fun. It was like a big extended family thing, and also it was so hot. It was so hot. No, it was a really good time. Spent a lot of time with family. Got to see family we hadn't seen in quite a while. And uh, yeah, just had a few drinks. Just really got super sweaty out in the hot Iowa so sun. fucking Got to sweaty. introduce Frankie to the family. Yeah, that was really fun. That was great. Talk about Alaska a lot with everyone. So yeah, know, yeah. doing the kind of stuff you do when you... Go back home. Go back home from being out traveling and... We'll do that for a couple more weeks, and then we'll be well. This again. upcoming week, though, we have the RV Miles meetup. That's true. Yeah. So uh, Jason and Abby, we have been reunited once again, we flowing are. back here once again next to each other. We are. Jason and Abby and their kids uh, pulled in next door to us on Friday. Friday night. Yeah, and we got to spend the evening with them. That's what you said. We went to Millstream with them. Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're having a bunch of activities for their. Uh, first annual RV Miles homecoming meetup here in Amana. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, we're going to be a part of that and we'll be um, recording like a live episode with them for their podcast. That'll be fun. Yeah, we're going to talk all about our uh, Baja to Alaska expedition. <laughs> uh, but you already know about that. You do, you do. So that's kind of what our next week looks like, and then we'll be kind of off to normal. What? <laughs> what is normal? <laughs> normal is 
you know, it's where we're from. Yeah. In Illinois. So we did an episode on that. We did. It was early though. So maybe if you haven't listened to it, you can go listen to it. I like that one. But that's that's kind of our other home. So that's where we'll mm-hmm. head after this. And then we'll head all the way out west. Viva Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> that's where our other RV is. So we have to go there. Yup. Yeah, so it was kind of weird. Like, we've been traveling. So fast. So fast up to this point. And, like, our our travel style is normally, like, stay a week, maybe stay two weeks, and then move on the weekends. Yeah. But especially for the latter part, like, once we got up to Canada of our Alaska trip, we uh, were traveling much more frequently than uh-huh. once a week. And we just kind of got in that rhythm. Yep. And now we have stayed here for a week. Mm-hmm. And it was like so weird. I sat down this morning and yeah. you were up for a run. Yeah. And it was way too hot for the a run. Kids, well, one of the kids was at the grandparents' house because they spent the night there. Yeah. The other kid was hanging out with their friends. Yep. It was just me and Frankie yep. just sitting outside. I like, I got like bored for a second it was really weird (laughs) (laughs) i sat and i thought oh hey i remember i bought that domain a while ago i I should link it to the substack oh yeah now you can get to our substack just by letters from the red pod.com that's true which is pretty sweet so we could do something else with that later but yeah right now it points to the substack yep so yeah letters from the road pod.com exciting things happening at lftr base camp here i promise we'll do more than just go to millstream this week no promise <laughs> well yeah we have the meetup <laughs> we also went to 30 hop that's true we all, and yeah and trader joe's oh exciting shit so, <laughs> and played cards and, we did it's been yeah. really good to be back home and also like i'm sure everyone has understands this whether you rv or not if you don't live where you grew up or where your family is when you come back it's like wonderful and so overwhelming (laughs) yeah there's like it's like so much to try and do at once and so many people to see and it's so good but it's just like whoa (laughs) yeah even though we were going to be here for a while at least for us yeah it's just like a whirlwind for sure for sure so lots planning going on lots of Fun stuff in the works. Lots of uh, figuring out storage. <laughs> working on making LFTR even better. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're up to. But I had the thought for this letter because I, it's like a story I tell every once in a while. It's kind of like a fun. Hey, one time I talked to Kevin McCarthy on Zoom during COVID. <laughs> Is that um, fun? I don't know. It's fu- it's a funny anecdote. I don't know. Anyway, I think it's fun. We're going to read a fucking letter about it. But like, this is, it just comes up every once in a while. I'm like, oh yeah, I had a chance to tell that guy off and I didn't do it. Mm, Sad. I know. No regrets. I regret that one a little bit. (laughs) Well, why don't you read the letter? Okay, sounds good. The reading of the letter. friend today in honor of narrowly averted shutdown shenanigans and whatever the hell is happening with what used to be the republican party 
I bring you a strange tale from the times of COVID and the world of private equity. I bring to you the time I, quote, met Kevin McCarthy via Zoom cocktail hour. The world in which I worked for a decade and may work again is a weird one. I was a private equity portfolio manager for an insurance company and allocator to various private equity funds called GPs. My firm did not write huge checks, but we were very active investors, which often drew attention from funds raising money and their placement agents or bankers. My job was to select roughly 10 managers a year from the over 100 I had meetings with in order to hopefully get the best returns for the insurance company so they could pay our clients and keep premiums lower. That's the premise. There's a lot of work and diligence that goes into it. There's a lot of relationships. There's a lot of getting wined and dined. It's a weird job because it's a blind pool investment, meaning the manager takes your money and does stuff with it, and then you get it back over the course of 10 years or more, and hopefully it's grown because they made good decisions. But you never know until that time has passed. So there's a ton of travel, a ton of playing golf at courses I could never afford, a ton of conferences at the Waldorf and the Ritz-Carlton, a ton of black car and Uber and taxi rides in New York and restaurants I couldn't pay for on my own. My job paid well, but not compared to the people we were investing with, not compared to the placement agents, not compared to most in the field. It was a weird juxtaposition to be based in central Illinois and staying at the Ritz in Half Moon Bay while drinking wine with friends and colleagues that cost more for one bottle than I usually spent on a nice dinner back home. I racked up the frequent fire miles, got status, never had to wait in line, and always got into the Admirals Club. I got upgrades. I'm not going to lie. It felt good. It was fun. It was energizing to be well-connected, to be able to connect people. I liked networking. It's odd, I know. It's like a game, and I was pretty good at it. Then COVID hit. Everything shut down the week I was supposed to be at a conference. Everything for the conference was non-refundable. And when it was called off on Friday before it was to start on Monday... I decided to go visit family in the area and work remotely from the hotel. It was weird completely, and completely the wrong decision, but I had no idea. When I flew home, it was eerie. Typically busy flights were almost empty. I never went back to my office. Overnight, everything went online. I could do diligence meetings via Zoom. Conferences attempted to go online. I went from zipping around and getting wine and dine and going to meetings and dinners and conferences to just living behind a computer screen in my house. At first, it was nice to focus on just the work. It was nice to focus on just my family. Being home for more than a week with nowhere else to go actually felt amazing. I mean, aside from all the existential dread that came with living through the early days of a pandemic. Then I got bored. I got antsy. I needed to go somewhere. I needed to chat with people. My office had some virtual happy hours, which I eagerly attended, and some of the bankers I had worked with started to do similar things. One of my favorites was a virtual wine tasting. Participants signed up ahead and were sent bottles to our homes and then signed on to see a sommelier and our business contact, and we sat at our desks in our home offices and had a wine tasting. Another time, I was invited to a virtual happy hour by a banker I'd worked with for years. I liked him. We'd done a bunch of deals together. I figured, why not? The invite said there was a surprise guest. Interesting, I thought. So when the appointed evening arrived, I dressed up for the first time in weeks. I made myself a gin and tonic, and I sat down on my blue couch ready to chat with whomever this person had assembled. 
First, a political pundit type was introduced. I couldn't really tell you who he was, except that he wore the worst American flag motif polo shirt I've ever seen and yelled a lot and thought he was funny. But this was not the special guest. He was introducing the special guest. The special guest was Kevin McCarthy. There were fewer than six investors on this call besides myself. I would have, if I had not been so dumbfounded, been able to ask Kevin McCarthy whatever question I wanted. I would have been able to say anything. It was a casual cocktail hour with a gaggle of finance bros. That's what U.S. representatives do with their time, I suppose. I say I could have asked him anything, but it's not quite true. Some dude from San Francisco was way too busy talking at the representative and trying to impress him with his great Republican pedigree, mentioning who his dad was and who he was connected to. I wish I was joking or exaggerating. Knowing what I know now, if I could ask Speaker McCarthy anything, I think it would be, what does it feel like to sell your soul and have the demons you sold it to keep asking for more? And maybe, did you have a soul at all to start with? I didn't sign up for any virtual cocktail hours outside of my company after that fateful evening. Who knew random Republican Congress people could just show up on them? I had not. It was one of the times in my business life the curtain slipped a little bit, that you kind of see where the money is, who cares about it, and where things are going. It's easy to ignore a lot of the time, but not when it's just blatantly in front of you like that. Who have you met, or quote, met, that you didn't expect to? What did you do with that? If you could yell at any congressperson, who would it be and what would you say? I'll forever regret that I squandered such an opportunity. I'll do better next time, but I'm not sure there will be one. I'm okay with that. See you down the road, Jamie. So wait, we narrowly avoided the shutdown? Uh, Yeah, I guess. We didn't shut down? No, we didn't shut down. Usually I'm pretty plugged into this stuff, but I got to admit with uh, being a little bit like busy meeting yeah, you with family been, like, and, and listening to your out. NPR podcast in the mornings. I mean like a little bit, but like yeah, I've been missing it a lot. So, yeah. well, maybe I haven't been missing it. Well, they just did it like on Saturday night, right? Like they, it was just last night that they like barely missed it. Missed oh, okay. Well, then sorry. This will come out a week later, but yeah. Um so why what happened? Well, this is not your news podcast, so don't listen to us. <laughs> but uh, I guess McCarthy kind of went against the um, Freedom Caucus, whatever they are. Okay, the Matt Gates Brigade. Yeah, the Freedom um, Caucus. I don't want to call them that. Like they're not about freedom. It's like, sure no, but that's they don't what they get call to themselves. just say, "Oh, this is about freedom." <laughs> the Freedom Caucus that wants to like ban books and Quote not let people freedom, be yes. who they are. Anyway, it's some double speak. Oh my god! I, anyhow. Yeah, so I guess he went against that and got like a, there was some kind of bipartisan whatever, but there's no funding for Ukraine. That's like the big thing. Okay. It's a 45-day stopgap measure. Okay, so it's, yeah, there's it was some wasn't like, funding for like, It was different disasters. from the original deal that yeah. they made with Biden. I guess. But they were able to get the Democrats to sign on. Yeah, and don't take my word for it. I really don't remember. Okay, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I read a little bit about it. I was just like, oh, I guess we're not shutting down. Yeah, so, but like, okay. For another 45 days. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all ridiculous anyway. McCarthy is in like the stupidest position here. Ah, oh, but it's of his own doing. Well, yeah, I mean, like you were <laughs> witness to it, to his ways. Uh, he was perfectly charming, Clayton. I mean, that actually makes sense. Yeah, he's got congressperson written all over him. <laughs> uh, it's a real, like, uh, he's a young Mitch McConnell. Ooh, wait, really? Yeah. That's not so, charming. Uh, I bet Mitch McConnell was charming 40 years ago. I guess if you're from Kentucky. <laughs> sorry, sorry, listeners from Kentucky. <laughs> so I don't anyway. think anyone's going to disagree that McCarthy sold his soul, though. Well, yeah, that's like... No one likes him. <laughs> that's kind of what... Yeah, I mean, it, he put it out in the open. Yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> to the highest bidder. Like, yeah, I mean, really. Like, the guy was just like... I mean, even years ago, right, when yeah. you first started hearing his name, it was just like, yeah, it seems like he'll just kind of say whatever anyone wants him to. He was anti-Trump, and then he was yeah. completely for Trump, yep. and then, you know, <laughs> yep. he's got back that, to anti-Trump like, because he didn't think it was going to go well. And he's the, got that, like, um, that just, like, he follows the, especially the Republican, but really just the politician prototype of being, like, old-ish, vaguely decent-looking <laughs> white dude. Yeah. I mean, you're describing a lot of people, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. But like, and then like, yeah, just the ability to just make people think that you're an okay person, even when you're not. Yeah, I'm not sure he has that. He did, I think, at the time. (laughs) He was like vaguely interesting to hear from. I don't remember much of what he said. It didn't really matter. And also, I kid you not, fanboy would not shut up. That's so hilarious. It was like, oh my God, man, you're embarrassing yourself. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was the weirdest. <laughs> COVID brought out some weird shit. Like, that was. Okay. So, yeah, this was very Twilight Zony. Yes, it really was. It really, really was. I'm like sitting on my couch in my little house in normal Illinois. Yep. <laughs> my blue couch with my orange wall. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know who they thought they were talking to, but it probably wasn't you. Uh, no, and it's funny because I don't know why my friend, like my call, like the my business contact or whatever, my my I don't know, mm-hmm. like I we were fairly friendly. Like I don't know why he thought that that was something that I would be interested. That's what in. I was wondering. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just didn't know me that well. Like I, yeah. eh, I've had. <laughs> was it just a flex? Was, like, was it like, ah, <laughs> punk to you? No, I think he just needed to fill the seats, but Damn. I wasn't the first invite. It's fine. I never was. <laughs> it was some of that. And I think sometimes people did think they didn't know, like in a lot of people in that industry are conservative, but not everybody by any means. And mm-hmm. so I think people make assumptions. There was <laughs> one time in my past life at my prior employer, mm-hmm. people who I generally very much enjoyed working with, uh, occasionally created a hostile work environment and um oh, you know no big deal it was when people talk about finance being kind of like a frat house environment yeah that's not wrong yeah like 
it's not wrong. Sometimes that's fun and sometimes that's a big problem. And especially when everyone's way too old to be in a frat. But anyway, um, <laughs> there was at one point someone had printed and framed a picture of Nancy Pelosi and they would take turns like hiding it in each other's offices as like a joke. Okay. And because it's just hilarious. To- <laughs> but they like drew horns on it and stuff. And like, I mean, real, real mature shit. Of course. And like my boss's boss was like in on this. Of course, yeah, that yeah. that actually tracks. Right. <laughs> and one time I found it in my office, and I was like, "What? Like that? <laughs> that's kind of hostile, guys. Like, what? Like being like one of the only women on the team." Yeah. I was like, "What's this? What the fuck?" Yeah, that's a little bit and problematic. And they thought I was like conservative and would have thought it was funny. And even if I was conservative, I'm not sure I would have thought it was funny to like Wait, they really draw. They really thought really? Uh well, apparently some people did and um they had to be set straight <laughs> by my actual boss. Um but anyway. <laughs> they were like, Yeah, no, she probably didn't appreciate that. Yeah. Like, don't do that. That's bad. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> It's I, bad anyway. I okay, loved, it's bad anyway. I loved my coworkers. I still love them. I like go back and talk to them and like many of them and like mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks I'll go see some of them. Yeah. I will not lie and say that I didn't like so there was like a work group text that like not everyone was on, but a lot of people were on. Mm-hmm. That every once in a while I'd just scream grab some things in case I ever needed some fodder for HR. <laughs> <laughs> Telling all your secrets. No, women do that, please. Because, like, because yeah. when something tr- this is my That's, experience. Yeah, when something truly bad it's happens, funny, actually, that you need to report, yeah. you have to have documentation. And sometimes the thing that's truly bad is actually gonna be really hard to prove, but you can prove something else, and it's something anyway. Yeah, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but I had a situation not this most recent employer, like it way back. Yeah. Where I had some pregnancy discrimination issues, and I learned putting it mildly the value of documenting everything, and like not because you're gonna ever take it to anybody, but you might, you might need to. And like I wouldn't have thought in that role that I would have ended up needing to, but things kind of turned. That was bullshit. Yeah. So I mean, like, it's like how much of a hostile work environment do you want to put up with? I don't know. All that. <laughs> It's a ringing endorsement of working in finance. Did, did anyone expect it to be? The weird part is I like it. Kind okay. of. Like sometimes. present tense? No, I did. I mean, whatever. Yeah. I kind of like the stuff I've been working on if my client would fucking pay me. But anyway. Cut that. I digress. Gosh. Pants off, dance off. Pants off, dance off. I'm not drunk. I'm just mad. Um... <laughs> Trunk with power and a microphone. I mean, about the whole thing with Kevin McCarthy, like that whole situation, it was just, it was, it's always weird to me to be like presented someone and be like expected to be like in awe of them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think wow. that happened a lot in your. It did, and I was role. never in awe of anyone. Yeah. And, um, which actually served me really well. Yeah. 
you can actually form relationships with people when you're not in awe of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit like not really conducive to having a real relationship with someone if they're like fanning out over you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was very much like, I just genuinely am not impressed. Like, I like people. I like a lot of people. I like getting to know people. I like having conversations with people. I don't like Kevin McCarthy. But like... <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify. Just to clarify. But like, I just, I like people in general. I like talking to people. And so, but mm-hmm. I'm not easily impressed, which was important for my role. Mm-hmm. Cause it's easy to get impressed. Everyone's fucking billionaires and shit, and you're trying to figure out who to give your money, your company's money to. Right. And it's like if you're easily swayed, if you're easily charmed, if you're easily impressed, then you're just like, which people sometimes expect you to be and get mad when you're not. But like, sure, it just doesn't serve you very well. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like there it was, was such a weird job, guys. Like I can't explain how weird it was. Sometimes <sighs> I just there's so many stories. Okay. For example. Well, here's like a funny one. Okay. It's just like one of these memories I have. So a conference that I used to go to every year that used to be at the Waldorf Astoria in New York had a special dinner every year that was at the New York Yacht Club, which is weird because New York is anyway, but it's a place. Um, yeah, New York is not. I know. Well, it's, it's on the water, I guess. But the Yacht Club is not on the water. Right. It's like with all the, like where the Harvard Club is, the Yale Club, and yes, I've been to those too. I know it's insufferable. But this is like where I had meetings and stuff a lot of times where a lot of like annual meetings would be. Sure. At the Yacht Club, it's really cool. Like this is a whole beside the point thing, but like they have like models of all the like World Cup, uh, the World World Cup? Oh, no, what is it called? Oh, America's Cup. America's Cup. Mm-hmm. Boats. There's like models of the boats all over the place. And it's like designed to look like you're on a ship. It's the weirdest, coolest place. It's a really beautiful building. If you ever somehow have a chance to go in there, do it. It's great. It's weird enough that I had a chance to go in there multiple times. Um, <laughs> but then, the night that the Cubs won the World Series, a great I was night. there. A great night. I, I don't care about the Cubs, but... You were not at the World Series when the Cubs won. No. No. But I was there at the fucking yacht club yeah i remember i was sitting in the basement alone i know and <laughs> they <laughs> some like we're at this fancy dinner and then like so at, as dinner's kind of winding up and the speeches have been made and all that stuff the wait staff like you know the white gloved wait staff like Gosh. rolls out a tv on a cart like from when you were in elementary school. Oh, gosh. And they'd bring the TV in when you had a movie. <laughs> yeah, Do you know what I'm talking time. about? Yeah. <laughs> and so that everyone could watch the World Series. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. It was like, that's one of the like just weird trippy things. Like, that's there's so, so many. I have so many stories like that that are just like not bad or good. Just weird. Just weird. Just weird. Just finding yourself in these places where you're like, well, I didn't think I'd be here. So have you ever seen? Well, I know you've seen a lot of. But listener, have you ever seen Gilmore Girls? Yeah. I feel like I, whenever you talk about all the stuff that you did for like conferences or whatever yeah. else for private equity, I'm always imagining all of the like Richard and Emily functions. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> like I've played at a charity golf tournament. I've done other golf. Like it's dumb shit like that. Yeah. Dumb shit, huh? It's fun. Yeah. It's not not fun. It's just... It's hard sometimes to not feel a little bit like a fraud or something because, like, 
that's you, you like feel out of place. One part of my life, but I like I'm out of place, but I do it good. Like I do it well. I don't sure. think I like present as out of place. Mm, you blend in. Yeah, enough. You pass. Enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being white helps. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's a very problematic industry. And there's a lot of things that I liked about trying to change it and like things I would go back and do if I was going to do it again. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I I could fit in. I did well. Like I I think, I don't know, maybe not enough, but like Yeah. Um I mean, I was definitely like small town investor from the Midwest like that was not an unknown thing I kind of played it off played it up I was but I was from an insurer in Illinois that was not the large one so I just was known I think as like maybe a little small town but like yeah I could fit in I could do the stuff I didn't completely freak out the one time I did freak out the one time I was like this is too far yeah was I was staying at the Waldorf in Chicago which if you like if you've never been. Of course I haven't. <laughs> no. Basically like a castle. It's like like it the stone walls are so thick that your phone won't work inside. That sounds bad. But it's so pretty. And there's fireplaces in each of the rooms. Oh cool. And it's just it's it's a really cool place. So I was staying there for a meeting and I went to leave and I needed to get to the train station to get back home. And I was like, oh, I asked if this was years ago, I wasn't taking Uber very much then, especially in Chicago or New York. I was mostly taking taxis still. And I went up to the doorman and I was like, hey, can you grab me a taxi? And he was like, oh, just take the com- the courtesy car. They're not doing anything right now. The courtesy car can take you. Okay. And I was like, uh, what? Uh, okay. <laughs> so this like giant black Mercedes pulls around. And I like get in. Yeah. <laughs> There's like water and like all the newspapers laid out. I'm just I just need to get to Grant. Like I just need to get to the train station, to Union Station. Like I don't right. need, like <laughs> They're like, What? You're going to Union Station. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Who are you? Just take take the car the whole way. <laughs> yeah, right. You just take me all the way to normal. Um <laughs> it was that was like I was like, this is unnecessary. A cab would have been fine. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I always got the side eye a little bit for taking the bar in San Francisco too. From who? Just people like it, like there, like that. I'd be like, oh yeah, I just hopped on the bar. And they're like, really? You did? Wait, really? What? <laughs> they didn't have a lot of luggage. It's just way quicker. It's way easier to get downtown that way. You took it the runs train? all the way out to the airport. Oh my gosh, you took the train. Like, there would definitely be moments like that where I'd be like, "Oh yeah, okay, you're you're cheap or whatever." You know, <laughs> not work for an insurance company. We're not like rolling in it or like, a mutually held insurance company. I can't yeah. like spend willy nilly. Wait, do you you were willing to ride a bus? It was very different when my company was paying for it versus like when my like when the funds were paying for it okay so yeah i just had like dinner budgets and things like that for myself when i might like when i was charging it to my company like Mm -hmm. when i was traveling but if i was being taken out or if i was like at an annual meeting and they provided hotel or whatever then it was like a whole different thing isn't that like a conflict of interest uh so (laughs) there's a lot of complicated rules about that i'm sure and it's different for different places and some places don't really have many rules about that so like i never got to like 
well, I did go to one hockey game. I really didn't usually get to accept like entertainment, like okay. like sports tickets. Like I got invited um, one year by two different groups to go to like a box on opening night for the Bears. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a huge Bears fan, but also it didn't matter. Like it would have been fun, but like it couldn't justify it as a business thing. Right. So right, it had right, to right. be like other investors were there and it had to be like kind of fair amount, like a norm like a nominal amount, right? Like just dinner or just mm-hmm. something like that wasn't like too crazy. Sure. Okay. Is how we kind of dealt with it. Yeah, it makes every, sense. There were rules. Every firm is different. Right. If they're and if they're paying for hotel rooms for everybody, yeah. That was okay. Mm, that makes sense. And if it was a firm we were already invested in, that was a little different than a firm that we hadn't invested in yet. Okay, interesting. Mm. That's yeah, it's very but I mean a lot of stuff goes on that's not really kosher and no one really says anything. Well, like this meeting seems a little strange. The Zoom. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a lot of stuff. <laughs> that it was, was weird going on at the beginning of COVID, COVID. but <laughs> I well, I mean, it wasn't like no one was paying for anything. It was just a Zoom. I guess you're getting access to a senator or a representative, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was weird. House Minority Leader. That right? was weird. I think so. That was weird because like normally it wouldn't be like an actual politician for something. Normally it would be like yeah. one of these pundit types or a pollster or something like that. So like I was a pollster. There was one that, yeah, we had. Why would you? Why would they care to talk to investment people? Because uh, we paid them to be there. Weird. Okay. I don't know. Uh, we there was one annual meeting I would go to in D.C. that I went the day after Trump won. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot you had to go to D.C. right after Trump won. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, that was like oh yeah, and they had had to like yeah. rewrite their entire speech. Gosh. That was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, hmm, it was really easy when, and, and I think part of this was our age. Yeah. Right? When we were in high school and really most of college to just kind of, like, be like, oh, yeah, politics, whatever. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week, right? Like, it's all the same. Like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's kind of a privilege to be apolitical, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I I said, you know, my <laughs> remember back when you had your Facebook wall or whatever and <laughs> Oh god, yeah. My politics always said apathetic and I thought that was cute. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Um, You're so emo. I know, right? I even had the hair for it. You did. <laughs> <laughs> never, never mind. Now I just have Noah Khan's haircut. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's a little shorter now than it was, but e it was like to his. The M to the O. That's hilarious. Do you remember that? No, what? When my friends would be like, "You're so, so emo." <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, that was like a whole thing. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I mean, yeah, I did like the hair flip and stuff. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a little too blonde. That would be appropriately emo. that's but true yeah it should have been dark <laughs> at any rate yeah i was a republican in college or at least like loosely so i didn't and i didn't it was just my inherited politics it wasn't really like something i'd thought a lot about right yeah and i think i don't know for maybe it's different now for gen Zers or younger yeah i think the advent of like 
social media at a younger age. Mm-hmm. I mean, social media kind of was born while we were in college. Yeah, that's fair. I think for us and like for the generations before us, it's very, very common that, you know, even like when you're in your early 20s, you're basically just voting how your parents voted. Yeah, it's a little like you have the religion that you grew up with probably still, right? Mm -hmm. It's very similar. Yep. And my religion was capitalism. Um, Ooh, same with Kevin McCarthy. So weird. You could have talked so about that. So weird. <laughs> Do you have a soul? Uh, did you ask him that? No, I couldn't talk because fanboy. Oh, and you were too busy sipping your gin and tonic and just being like, how did I end up here? What is happening? <laughs> I should not. Why did I get on this Zoom? What is happening? <laughs> Wait, did I click the wrong button? I don't. Abort, abort. I don't understand what's happening here. Oh gosh. Yeah, normally it wasn't like out for the stuff I was involved with. It wasn't like outright political, like people mm-hmm. showing up. But there were firms. Like, there's a firm in Chicago that famously had Obama speak at their annual meeting. Okay. It's like it's it's Obama. I've met the firm. I like didn't invest, but like mm-hmm. they um there's too big for us or whatever but like it's like obama's like best friend runs a firm okay he showed up like it was a special guest at their annual meeting yeah it was him. both sides you know yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no one's... well connected to finance bros yeah i mean that's how you get elected clay yeah i suppose so. you need money to get elected no and my former boss most recently i uh, was at an event where pete was speaking oh yeah pete but i mean he was actively the secretary of transportation then so it's a little different sure but... sure sure it's interesting why, why was he speaking at a event um it was like a what is it called rise of the rest event so it's like oh, a yeah. vc mm-hmm. for kind of i think it's the guy that founded aol Oh, weird. Kind of owns okay. this uh, conference or book or whatever. It's Rise of the Rest, and it's about like raising funds and stuff for like outside firms of... that are outside of the main markets. Yeah, Silicon Valley and whatnot. In New York, and New York. Yeah. yeah. So Pete was there. I was very jealous that I didn't get to go see. I was in DC at the time too. I did not get to go talk to Pete or see Pete. Yeah. So I feel like. We got like, well, I got pretty, I guess, into politics in like 2015, 16. Yeah. And I think part of that was probably social media's influence. Probably. It felt, I, was, uh-huh. I was pretty big on like, I, I guess at that point I had removed Twitter from my phone, mm-hmm. but um, was pretty big on like, I got, I got rather into politics from yeah i think trump drug me in right like yeah and it was it was just like oh my god we can't let that happen it was like the beginning of all that exactly (laughs) holy shit i guess i have to care now yeah i mean i should have cared a long time before that like i should have cared when we were getting to that point right but like yeah i didn't and then and then i did i mean can you believe that was like almost 10 years ago now oh my god yeah (laughs) We're just in this weird alternate timeline forever. Now. <sighs> yeah. 
Stuff is weird, man. <laughs> uh, like it's so weird to like be in a position that I was in where I would like meet and have access to some of those kinds of people, right? It's just it was a very, very odd place to be. I knew somebody who had been on like uh, Romney's uh, like Olympic staff when he did that. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Romney seems like tame now. Oh my God, Romney is like I'm like why can't everyone be more like Romney? <laughs> He's like retiring with some fucking dignity. <laughs> like do that, please. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, you understand like why someone would want to keep serving, I suppose when they have for so long but like i don't know i think we can explore the idea of term limits at least in, oh, in some respect for yeah. for congress people yeah i think that would be great yeah i don't have a ton of like policy ideas but that's one that i'm pretty firmly campaign finance reform term limits yeah like things that make it so that you don't you're not just like a rich person in power staying in power um would be good yeah, I think it probably would be, actually. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I think you shouldn't have to be independently wealthy to run for office. No, but, you know, that's like, I mean, you can run for local office. Maybe you should. <sighs> Who should? You. No, we've already talked about this. I'm like, no one will touch me. Are you... You're announcing your campaign right here, right? For what? I don't even live anywhere. <laughs> for like campaign for governor of Nomadland. I I sometimes there's such a contingent of nomads and so many states that are like making it hard for nomads to like vote or whatever mm-hmm. that I think I do think there might there maybe at some point should be like a state of nomads like that you can Ooh. get like an address and that you can have like your own officials and stuff. Ooh. Because should we start a movement? There's just a lot of nomads people. for representation. I think maybe we should give really like hard. DC and Puerto Rico representation. Yeah, uh-huh. first. That's kind of where I stopped with that idea. We... Yeah, I was like, "Fuck!" Well, we need DC and Puerto Rico, to be. <laughs> and like maybe some other places too. Yeah, but I do Better. think like yeah, a um an easier way for nomadic or, and um houseless. People mm-hmm. to or unhoused people mm-hmm. to like vote and have an address and that kind of stuff would be definitely like a part of a platform I would have because I think being nomadic by choice and doing it with the funds and resources we have had, yeah, we've still encountered difficulty with things like getting our mail or mm-hmm. just things like that or like registering our cars or. That kind of stuff, which should be pretty easy. I'm like, I'm trying to give people money. <laughs> <laughs> trying to do this the right way. And um, it's really hard. And we've had problems with our absentee ballots from Iowa. Gosh, I and, forgot about that. And we've had like, it's been really difficult and it's like purposefully difficult, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know that that's happening tenfold to people who are unhoused, not by choice. Right. And it's just... Uh, yeah, not yeah it really opens your eyes to like how much you need a physical address. Yeah. Yeah. You wonder like, 
to oh, do like anything. Anything to apply for a job, to like mm-hmm. to get a job, to have like your credit check, to I mean there's just so It's many a catch twenty two, right? Like Yes. You have to have a house to get a job, you have to have a job to get a house. It's it's so unfair. It's so unfair. And I'm like it's not I'm not talking about it's unfair for me. Like whatever, I'll figure it out. But like it's you just get this glimpse of it by participating a little bit in nomadic like groups and you know like systems and it's just yeah oof oof before you all correct me i know it's not a catch-22 catch-22 is self like yeah you have to be mad to go home but if you want to go home you couldn't possibly be mad yes yeah no it's but it is a paradox perhaps Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) And that's what we mean when we say catch twenty two a lot of times. Yeah, that's fair. It it is kind of a weird little niche uh platform. <laughs> I can't run for anything. I don't live anywhere. <laughs> We've talked about this. Well, it's, it's I got the same problem, but I got run, a random like, text message mm-hmm. um from like McLean County Democrats at one point like a month ago that was which McLean. Really, McLean, sorry. <laughs> Whatever. It looks like McLean. I, I know it does. Where we lived in Illinois. Yeah. Like, hey, we're looking for people to run for office. For local, oh, weird. I got that one, too. For local groups. Do you want to run? Yeah. You didn't respond, or no, did you? No, did you? No, I didn't. I mean, obviously, it was just like they were going out to everybody in their they database. Just, yeah, exactly. Who had been involved at some level like, or something. Hey, why don't you run for office? Yeah. Come on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We gave a decent amount to the Pete campaign, but like in a little tiny oh, we bit went and to Hillary. And yeah. yeah, but with Pete, we got really involved. We like mm-hmm. went to volunteer meetings. We went to canvas out of state. Mm-hmm. Uh, we canvassed in Iowa for the caucuses. We canvassed in South Carolina. He was when, our guy. When he dropped out, we had a volunteer at our house who I never met. Oh God, that's weird. She just moved in and then she was gone. Yep. By the time I got home from the oh, you were at that Codathon co- thing. Yeah, it was like a um, like a weekend hackathon at University of Illinois. Yeah. Uh, that some work friends and I were really volunteering. Yeah, as mentors. At <laughs> by the time I got back from this, by the way, this was like right before COVID too, so it's all work mm. like coming back full circle here. Yeah. Like, by the time I got back from this, they were gone because Pete had dropped out and endorsed Biden. Yeah, she and I had, like, a little cry in the living room. Oh, left. really? Kind of, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I miss this tender moment. Uh, and she was really nice. I would have liked to have gotten some more time with her. If you're out there and listening. I don't even remember her name. I want to say it was Sarah, but I could be totally wrong. Sarah, the Pete volunteer, who, who was house. heading back to South Bend <laughs> to watch... Pete give his like f- final farewell concession yeah. endorsing Biden speech. <laughs> yeah, and I know some people will be like, "Oh, Pete, really? Like, it's not like far enough, right? You should have been Bernie or whatever." And oh, like, there's a lot of people who, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Or um, uh, Warren or whatever. Um, but like, I just just Pete was, you know, like of my generation, which definitely mattered to me. Oh yeah, me too. And not only that, but like when he announced his campaign, like mm-hmm. he had a lot of like different and progressive ideas. Yeah, he you know moderated like everyone does. Well, he I think he was like, oh, I actually have a chance. I need to like get a little bit more general electiony quick. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, but he but was a very... He was a politician he, just like all of them. They are, they are. It was great to see someone younger. It was great to see somebody uh, with a bit different background. It was great to see somebody who, but who like was pragmatic and understood politics too. I just, he was our guy. But, uh, and, you know, like I would have voted for Bernie in the general, obviously. <laughs> like, I, oh yeah, definitely. And him over a lot of people. And, and you just, I didn't want any more old people. Um, Sorry, <laughs> old people. <laughs> Um, no, it's just, I, you know, Pete put it well, like you should have to live with the consequences of the things you vote on. Mm -hmm. Like it's different when you're not going to have to. Right. And so like, I don't think that there's like a necessarily hard and fast age limit, but I do think when you've been in it too long and kind of have that like kind of warped view, um, I just imagine politics is much like finance in that way. When you've been in it for a very long time, you get kind of like this warped view of things oh i can only imagine um i mean we're the olds now yeah right but it's it's been like (laughs) three years since 2020 (laughs) right seven years since 2016 yeah so p was our guy but like i mean i'm i'm all on board like whoever runs next that's like not old establishment yeah, I think the weird thing is, right, like so many people would agree with you. Yeah. On like both sides of the aisle. Right. Mm-hmm. Actually. Yeah, and that'd be good for both sides of the aisle. We need a functioning both sides of the aisle. I think this is a thing that like can get a little lost sometimes because you get so entrenched in your own side. Mm-hmm. But like it's to our benefit, even as Democrats, for the Republican Party to fucking get their shit together, right? Well, I certainly don't think that it's good to be like ready to overthrow the government. Not that. Yeah, I don't want them together on that. But like <laughs> I want like for them to like become a functioning political party again, right? Like sure. for the <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they're spewing white supremacist and fascist nonsense, we need to like I don't know what. But like It'd be to our benefit for them to like act like a functioning group again. Yeah. Not one that's going to overthrow the government. Are we taking this too far? Probably. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. This is Sunday Night Cocktails, folks. Pants off, dance off. Pants off, dance off. And Um, Kevin McCarthy. No, okay. So Kevin McCarthy. He wore a sweater. He wore a sweater? I think he wore a sweater. Ooh, that's controversial. I'm pretty sure he was wearing a sweater. Yeah. I well, know. it was like November, right? I don't or know. Or December. I don't, like, I just know. Well, okay, it was Mantis Days. It was sometime. We were in home. The weirdness that was COVID lockdown era. But had you already, had we hit the road yet or not? I can't remember. Okay. I kind of think we had, I kind of think it was wintertime. Because I kind of think it was dark out when well, I got if he on was, call. Okay, if he was wearing a sweater, yeah, that makes sense. Winter time. So it was like December or January. So it was okay. So it was post twenty twenty election. I think so. But pre January sixth. I th- yes, that's my yes. It wasn't post January sixth because I know there would have I would have been like way more I way more like inclined to ask questions about. That. Yeah, you would have been like, excuse me, sir. Hey, what do you think about? Excuse me, and excuse also, me, he was like, he came out like big time, like against Trump at that point oh, for about five again, minutes. right? Like, yeah, 
Like I, he's like, oh, I'm not for that unless they pay me more. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, he he was like, yeah, we we have to move away from Trump. Like this is the end. Well, yeah, because like, like I think the political reading the room he was trying to do was like, oh, everyone's gonna abandon Trump now that he tried to overthrow it and it didn't succeed. Yeah, but it like, seemed like genuine for a minute. Like, oh, he really like felt his convictions there. Oh but no, 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 no. He no, just thought he that everyone's gonna jump to, on Trump to figure out which way the yeah. wind was blowing. Yeah, and he Burr. misjudged it. It's a real freaking modern Aaron Burr. Oh my God! Yes, yeah, that was a weird. Wait for it. Wait for it. That was a weird, weird COVID era circumstance, but I have, I'll sprinkle more private equity stories and uh, people like them, but it's, <laughs> it's, it was a weird place to exist. Mm-hmm. It was a weird place to exist as a woman. It was a weird place to exist as someone who wasn't um, pedigreed. It was weird even talking to you about it, to be honest. Yeah. But like, kind of fun, like you said. Like uh, oh god, I get to go stay at the Ritz. That's cool. Like, <laughs> I never stayed at a Ritz. I'm sorry. We could. I mean, Maybe. it's okay. I if you know what, if I never in my lifetime stay at a Ritz, no, you should stay at a Ritz. It's great. I think I'll be fine. No. I have, I have, no. <laughs> I have slept under glaciers. But you said you should stay at a Ritz. It's really I nice. I have. No, I'm telling you, the Ritz is is actually like really good though. No, I mean, I believe it. Like, um, that's kind of, like, it's the, like, the, it has that meaning. Like, it's a, it's a symbol of, like, the Ritz. Yeah, know? but it's not as stuffy as you would think. Okay. Sure. <laughs> or I'm just stuffier than I think. <laughs> there it Could is. Be Could be that. <laughs> Could be that. But yeah, we haven't, uh, you haven't been doing that for a while. No, 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 no. I saw, yeah, after I left that role, I went and did some investor relations stuff for a VC firm in the uh, Southeast. Mm-hmm. Started a podcast. Started a podcast after I got fired Traveled from that Traveled everywhere, role. yeah. <laughs> a run out of that role. Yep. Um, yeah. Traveling. Sometimes it feels like it'd be hard to go back to that reality or lack of reality. Oh, I'm sure. Just like I have <laughs> too much like grounding and outside perspective at this point. Like I can't, I don't know if I can go back. Yeah. But the money was nice and I liked the travel. Yeah, I think you've got enough travel now. Oh, it's different though. I got to get away from you. Listen, friends. Listen, friends. We've been married for a long time. There's nothing like checking into a very nice hotel room with a giant, white, crisp, king size bed that you do not have to share. (laughs) I mean, that sounds right. I stand by it. Uh, Okay. I I don't need a ton of nights with it. Sleep in it, not just stand by it. Like, I don't need a bunch of nights like that, but once in a while, face down starfish mode. <laughs> starfish mode. Not bad. Pants off, dance off, baby. Pants off, <laughs> dance off. So, where was this name from? The beer? I don't know. I was trying to look it up, and it said that Pants Off, Dance Off was like a show. 
Okay. I I Does don't know. The cast apparently involved Tila Tequila, so that tracks, I guess. Cat, okay, sure. But it was like that era, like 2006-ish. Like, okay, sure. Tila that's, Tequila. Oh, Tila do you Tequila. Tequila Tequila? No. But yeah, that was the Not era. It was like 06, and they apparently it was like a dance competition with like stripper, strip teases. I don't. Okay, well then, it's a pretty descriptive name. But I always think of that Macklemore song. Dance off. Challenge you to a dance off. Yeah, I don't think I can do. Uh, who is it? Um, I challenge you to a dance off. Idris Elba. That's, That's what, I what I thought. Yeah. And then I was like, that doesn't seem right. Idris Elba. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Did a song with Macklemore. Okay. Hold, please, because now I have to watch one of these videos. Oh, gosh. Here we go. So uh, <laughs> we went and watched Pants Off Dance Off so you don't have to. Yeah. That, that don't was... do it. Mm. It's it's low budget. And not sexy. Not to me, anyway. Mm. Yeah. You think it was sexy? It was low budget. <laughs> <laughs> and awkward. They look like they're so not having fun. Like, I don't know. It's like, I guess I dance like this now. (laughs) All right. We should probably wrap this up. I think this is definitely the time to wrap this up. Don't watch Pants Off Dance Off, but do drink the beer. Okay, Jamie. Yes. If. Yes. Our listeners. Yes. Want to support this crap. (laughs) Question their sanity. How can they do that? <laughs> we have a website that points to our subject. It's lettersfromtheroadpod.com. You can subscribe there. And when you subscribe, you can upgrade your subscription to paid to shoot us a little bit of cash. It says, hey, like, thanks for doing this. Then you'd get to join our fantastic pen pals discord and get some surprise bonus content. Just like Thomas. Just like Thomas. This week. Joined. We talked. Yes. About. It's true. What we like to tow with and where we like to go and have beers. Yes. It was extremely exciting. <laughs> it is fun. It's great. It's great having friends there. I want more friends there. Uh, we want to grow this um, community and that's one of the ways you can help us do it. You can also leave us a review, which would be super stellar if you leave us a good review. If not, like, go away. You can also email us at lettersfromtheroadpod at gmail.com uh, if you have something to say, a comment, a request, Anything like that, please send us an email. We they, might read it on the podcast if you let us. There are going to be a lot of comments after this episode. <laughs> are there, though? <laughs> you can also... It, I was totally fine with it until we got to Pants Off, Dance Off. <laughs> and we just listened to them watch a YouTube video. I'm going to edit that minutes. out. <laughs> <laughs> and then... You can also find us on Twitter. Not Twitter. Nope. No Twitter. Twitter's not a thing and we're not there anyway. Um, you can find the us socials. on the socials at Letters in the Road Pod. Yep. And uh, we have a Facebook page as well. Letters in the Road Podcast. Find us in all those places. Also a YouTube channel, which we're not posting podcast stuff there, but we do post some shorts and stuff. Awesome. And we might post podcasts there eventually. Yeah. And if you want to find us on the road, good yeah. luck. Uh, well, we're in Iowa right now. Come find us. (laughs) 
but we hope we do see you out there. Until then, we'll see you down the road. Bye.